0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your
1: family find clarity
0: in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So in another episode, we talked about our favorite controversial classics, I think we called them, and one of the books we discussed was called Propaganda. Now, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I think it's one of yours, too, even though it's a little bit scary. So I wanted to throw it back to you, for starters, and have you kind of define this word for us. What, Connor, is propaganda?
1: Propaganda. It's kind of a scary term, and it shares the same kind of root word with propagation. If you think of, like, the sound waves right now. Uh, coming out of your car or your earbuds or however you're listening to this podcast, those sound waves are propagating through the air. They're they're moving through the air. They're being transmitted. Um, and so when things propagate, they basically move from one location to another. And so propagation of ideas is basically just sharing ideas with other people. You might even say, you know, religiously, you can propagate like missionary work, right? You can evangelize. So in general it's it's fine. Propaganda is is in a sense uh just the sharing of information. Which doesn't However, sound very scary, right? That sounds doesn't that? Normal. Yeah, that sounds normal enough, but but uh, as with many words, it has taken off uh taken on a negative twist because um well uh, it's not so important um uh, because what it did but so much as the word propaganda now means today when people use it it means something negative it means that uh, you're sharing something that's one-sided something that is biased in other words it's not showing the whole picture so propaganda might be connor is amazing and he's totally perfect and he does everything right and well and Blah blah blah, and then my wife at home listening to this. I was going to say, is, what would
0: your wife say? <laughs> is
1: rolling her eyes and being like, "Well, I can tell you the other side of the story," <laughs> and uh, and so propaganda is it's like that. It's very one sided messaging. Um, think of like Hitler, right, in Nazi Germany, and and the propaganda that came out about you know Jews are horrible and we are you know the, the Aryan race and we're amazing and we're going to take over the world. That is propaganda because it's not only is it wrong, but it's it's one sided and it's uh, very biased, it's misinformation. And so when we say propaganda today, that's typically what we mean.
0: So it's a bad thing. It's it's a kind of like information, like bad information they're spreading, or maybe even false information.
1: Yeah. And typically it's coming from someone in power, right? So it's, you know, it's not sitting in class next to the kid and he's saying something wrong. Oh, that's propaganda. Typically when we say propaganda, it is from like an official source or a powerful source. So it could be the media when they're uh, completely misrepresenting things. I know a while back we had uh, Ron Paul on the program and You'll remember this. This example just jumped to mind since we're talking about the media. I remember at what point? At one point, there was a debate, and uh, Ron Paul was part of that debate, running for president. There were a number of people, and then they did a poll, and they were like, they were asking people, "Who do you think won the debate? Or who do you think did the best?" And uh, then the gentleman, I can't remember who it was, Sean Hannity or something like that, they put up on screen yeah. showing the results <laughs> of the poll, right? And and they said, "Look, this person got number one." And then, look, this person got number three, and then number four, and then number five. And they completely omitted the person who came in second, which was Ron Paul, because his views did not align with what the media, uh, that particular company, Fox News, wanted to share with viewers. They wanted to kind of hide and suppress. And so they had this kind of lopsided a set of results and information that they were sharing with people that that's propaganda, not because the media is in, in power in some official capacity, right? But they are powerful. And then certainly when the government does it, um, that's kind of an official message and so when they're, when they, the government are uh, sharing wrong things or lopsided things, we would also call that propaganda, right?
0: We, we would. And it's also, you mentioned something really important. You said, you know, the media and the government. One thing that propaganda, or at least it always stands out in my head is that propaganda is kind of the melding of both of them, right? And especially you mm. mentioned Nazi Germany. So in Nazi Germany, it was hard to find media, like even not just news, movies, books, even board games that didn't have propaganda in them. So it was almost like the government got together with media and even artists and was kind of just like, all right, how can we use your talents to manipulate people into doing what we want them to do? And that's yeah. both terrifying and kind of genius in its own way. But again, very scary and not for good reasons.
1: Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, when we were talking before about propaganda when uh, with the controversial classics, it was centered around one book in particular that uh, shares the actual name. It's simply called Propaganda. And it was written by a gentleman uh, by the name Edward Bernays. And what's really interesting. He was an American, right? Wasn't he an American? Uh, mm-hmm, yep. yep. Uh, Austrian-American. Uh, yep. But here in uh, the United States, what's really amazing to me is when I was looking up some uh, information about him, you know, I've always thought of him as this guy in the early 1900s. He wrote this book. He was involved in propaganda for World War I. Uh, He's kind of the father of public relations. So public relations is kind of like media. So if you have a big company and you're doing things that some people might not like or some people would like, you hire people to manage your public relations, your relations with the public. And so they're doing media, they're doing interviews, they're doing advertisements, and that's public relations. Well, Edward Bernays was there right at the beginning of it. He's kind of the father of it because his uncle, Sigmund uh, Freud, was studying a lot about how— I did that not was his, know that. That was his uncle, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so he was able to learn a lot about how the brain works and how you can use psychology, right? How how uh, the brain operates and how we respond in order to manipulate people, in order to get people to change their behavior. And so he was able to use it a bit for the government. And then he used it a lot for uh, corporate clients, uh, companies, who wanted uh, to get people to buy their products or so use like their like advertising services. almost. Basically. Yeah. So he wrote this book propaganda. Well, the the point I was trying to get at there before I got sidetracked was when I was going back to look up a little more information about him, I learned he passed away in 1995. That's like, like that's not... That's- Ago. Right, like I, I, I'm really. It would have been so curious just in the 80s and 90s. Like I, I want to go do some additional research. Was he continuing to like write any books or do interviews or or share oh, yeah. his experiences? Um, I, I thought that was amazing because I've always thought of him as being relevant. Like in the early 1900s, I didn't realize that he lived almost to the age of. 100, I think it was 95 or 96. Anyways, so what's crazy to me about this book, Brittany, is that when I read it, I think I shared this on the past episode, he's basically giving kind of the secret playbook of how people in power use propaganda in order to change people's behavior and change their opinions. And uh, he gives all kinds of examples And when you read the book, it's not a long book, you realize that, um, as he himself says, that propaganda can be used to get people to do things they otherwise wouldn't. When they are kind of controlled uh, by the government into thinking something different, for example, 9-11 happens. There's an attack in America, and we are all told that Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction, so the military needs to go into Iraq. Well, then when you step back from that, you think, well, wait a minute, those two are entirely different because yeah. Saddam Hussein did not attack New York City and, you know, uh, the, he did not orchestrate the attacks. The people were all from Saudi Arabia, it wasn't Iraq. So, how was it that the public? Was able to be so whipped up and and distracted, or their attention focused on Iraq and Saddam Hussein when that didn't have anything to do with 9 11. That is the power of propaganda to shift people in a certain direction and get them to support something. It's it's very scary when you think about it, right?
0: Very scary. And you brought up something I thought was really interesting how they were almost, it was almost the the people in power were creating an enemy where there was no enemy. And one of the things that Edward Bernays says, and also, Is it Goebbels? Goebbels? I always say it's Goebbels, right? That's yeah, yeah. He was like the Nazi father of propaganda. He was running all the propaganda for uh, Nazi Germany. He always talked about how to get people to do anything, you have to make them have a common enemy. And this is this is so important because we see this all the time. We see this with Iran, right? This happens now. All right. the time we're being told, Iran is our enemy. Iran hates us because we're free. You know, they want to attack us. And so a lot of people in America, especially older people, sometimes believe this and they think, all right, this is true. These are our enemy. And then you actually talk to like, the younger people on the ground in Iran and they love America, right? They love Western culture. So, so we don't really know what's going on because as long as you create this common enemy, you start turning people against each other. And we've talked about fear and what fear does. You've written about what fear does to people, right? I believe the book feared mm-hmm. Get that yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. You create this common enemy and then you create fear. And then when people are scared and we saw this, you know, during the pandemic, they'll do anything and they'll give up their rights pretty quickly.
1: That's exactly right. And it's so hard for us to try and make sure that we understand truth that the the voices we're listening to, the media, the news, the the politicians, like we all want to understand the way the world really works. We all want to understand what truth is, but it's so hard when you you feel like you're being lied to all the time. Here uh, is a brief quote I'm going to share from the book that I mentioned, uh, Propaganda by Edward Bernays. And, we'll link, and we'll
0: link a book link too on the show notes. So yes, too.
1: absolutely. So head to tuttletwins.com slash podcast and you can find this. Uh, this has a few words, so I'll kind of go slow and, and maybe break it down a bit. This is just a, a little portion of what he's saying. So if, especially for the older kids and the parents, uh, if this is of interest to you, go pick up the book uh, on Amazon. It's not that long, but it's kind of startling to see mm-hmm. a century ago uh, what was being done in government. So here's Bernays. He says that the conscious and intelligent manipulation—so you're you're modifying it—the manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society let me pause there and break that down so he's saying that um, changing people's habits and their opinions the the things that they believe so manipulating them controlling them he says that's an important element in democratic society not not educating people letting them decide whatever they want in, in fairness without any bias he's saying manipulating what people think is an important element in democratic society here's how he continues those who manipulate society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Like, scary. <laughs> okay, what wh- one more sentence? But before we continue, right? He's saying the people involved in in controlling other people's views with propaganda. They're the invisible government. They're who is truly ruling the government. That's that's very alarming when you think about it. Here's the last sentence I'll share for now. There's plenty more that he says that's eye-opening after this. He says, we are governed. Our minds are molded. Our tastes formed. Our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of. And so that is the power of propaganda when people behind the scenes who have ulterior motives or or bad hidden motives, they don't want people to know what they're doing, when they can create campaigns, they can share ideas, they can pay for advertising, they can uh, get the media to talk about something. And all of a sudden, people's attention can be so uh, focused from one thing to the next, distracted uh, and, and not paying attention to the things that really matter. That is the power of propaganda. I, I think sadly, you know, I, I think he's right. I mean, that is really right. It's scary, that, but he's right. <laughs> right. That is a true ruling power. Like what's the point of elections if the public is totally deceived in one way or the other, if we don't have an informed group of people who are voting and they're just being manipulated by a few people, then those clearly are the people in power if they can sway public opinion and get us to do things differently.
0: Well, and it's sad because a lot of people aren't worried about about things like that. They're not really worried about policy because they're taking care of their own lives, right? They're worried about paying their bills, worried about doing this. So they're going to look at someone in power and say, I don't have time to research this. I don't have time to, you know, find out what the truth is. So they're just going to take this for, you know, the, for gospel. And it's, it's a little bit scary, not a little bit scary. It's a lot scary because we've seen what happens when this happens. And that is that policies change, laws change, and we become less free.
1: I agree. And it reminds me of the story of the boy who cried wolf, right? So here's a boy. He claims that, you know, wolves are coming, the villagers down below, you know, terrified, nervous, whatever. Oh, it turns out, you know, he wasn't telling the truth. And, and then uh, later on when wolves are actually coming, right? And the boy cries, wolf! Uh, the, the villagers don't believe him anymore because he's no longer a source of trustworthy information. And so the question for us is how, how does that apply in our lives? When we see that someone is not being truthful, when we see that they, they don't have integrity, that they are not, uh, or that they are biased, they're, they're kind of one sided, why should we continue to trust them? Maybe that's someone or a group that we should be skeptical of. And not believe what uh, they're saying and the more that you start to learn about the government the more that you start to learn about people in power you realize that they have interests and goals that are not the same as yours They, they want to preserve their power increase their power and they are very willing to lie and be biased about it and so when the government has these official narratives Um, and, And this propaganda, I think it's important for us to recognize that their track record is not very good. And so when they announce something or they claim, hey, this happened, therefore we need to go invade this country or we need to raise taxes or whatever it is, chances are there's a large portion of that message that isn't true, right?
0: Probably most of it isn't true. And maybe I'm, I'm just a little bit of a skeptic about government. 20 percent, 80 percent. Especially, again, and I, I hone in on this part, when there is that common enemy, right? Especially, to me, it's always a red flag when, when yeah. we are told that it's all one person's fault and that we all need to you know, turn our attention against that person. I think that is when we need to be just very alert and, and know that maybe we aren't being told the full truth.
1: As we wrap up here, I'll just mention uh, very briefly in the book Feardom that we mentioned earlier, perhaps uh, we can link to that at the show notes page as well. Um, I share several stories in there about how the government has completely lied exactly for the reasons, Brittany, that you're describing in order to get people to be on Team America and therefore oppose, you know, someone else. A very brief example is uh, Operation Northwoods. This is one word, Northwoods. Uh, Let's even link uh, to the show notes page uh, on, or to the Wikipedia page for that on our show notes page. Um, So again, go to TuttleTwins.com slash podcast. Mm -hmm. Operation Northwoods was a project where the people in charge of the United States military went and sat down with the president. Uh, At the time it was JFK, John, uh, uh, John F. Kennedy. And they proposed to the president of the United States that they wanted to hurt, uh, injure, attack, and kill American citizens. Uh, now, the context for that is at the time relations with Cuba were a big problem. Uh, perhaps uh, some of our listeners have heard of the Cuban Missile Crisis and things like that. There was a lot of tension because there was worries about, you know, kind of this foothold of communism right on America's border, and, and rightly so, there were a lot of concerns. But here are the people in charge of the military, in charge of protecting Americans. And they suggested to the president that they should attack and kill Americans. Why? Well, not to admit that they were the ones who did it. In fact, what they recommended was that they would blame it on Cuba. And they would get everyone in America, to use your example, Brittany, really angry at Cuba and then demanding that the government and the military go attack Cuba because what they found is that prior to this, there wasn't really a lot of support among the American public for launching a military attack. And the people in the military wanted to attack. And so they figured that the way to do this was to create this, sometimes called a false flag event, um, but basically a a fake um, event where it wasn't Cubans that were going to bomb a boat full of Americans, and it wasn't Cubans that were going to uh, drop a bomb in an American city. It was, in fact, the American government, and then they were going to blame it on Cuba. So this stuff happens uh, from time to time, perhaps, or maybe often. You, you I never hope know. Not but,
0: often, but you never know. <laughs> but
1: this is interesting because it was official plan, and it was declassified. In other words, it used to be secret, and now it's not any uh, a secret anymore. And you can go read about how our own government was proposing something like this. It didn't happen simply because the president said no. But had he said yes, then the American government would have lied to the people, would have killed Americans. And we may never um, have known. And we may never have known. So that is an example of propaganda. Guys, very depressing topic, obviously, but very important to have our eyes open, I think, to the world around us. If we truly want to understand the way the world works, we need to understand that there are people like Edward Bernays saying, hey, you know, those of us in this invisible government are really pulling the strings. We're really controlling things. If you and I want to act and have freedom and not be acted upon like puppeteers or puppets rather, by puppeteers who are pulling our strings and controlling us, we need to understand that this type of stuff is possible, that it's happened in the past, um, and that it's certainly happening in the future. So check out tuttletwins.com slash podcast for the show notes. You can go look at some of those resources if you want to learn more. Make sure you're subscribed. And uh, Brittany, until next time, we'll talk to you later.
0: Talk to you next time. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out tuttletwins.com for more awesome content.